Undaunted Life of Man's podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Let's get into it. All right, guys, this is going to be a first on this podcast. This is the first time ever that I have reviewed an album that is a music album. And surprisingly enough, it is the newest album from Kanye West called Jesus is King. Now, I know some of you guys, some of you guys already, you're like, ah, I don't want to listen to this. He's going to do a review of Kanye West. He hasn't even done a review of Conway Twitty. I don't want to listen to it. I get it. I get it. I get it. Just, just hang with me. Because for, in a lot of ways, this isn't just an album, right? This isn't just, you know, what is categorized as a gospel album. This isn't whether you consider it a hip hop album. It's not just that. It's something bigger than that. It's it's become a little bit of a cultural phenomenon, and I'm recording this just a few days after its release, and it has just been everywhere, and everyone's been talking about it. So, for those of you who don't know Kanye West, yes, he is an incredibly uh, influential artist. He's probably one of the most influential pop and hip-hop artists of the last 20 years. I would probably say that. That's, that's probably fair. This is his ninth studio album. It's only 27 minutes long, so it's a brief album. It's, it's not really long. It's 11 songs, 27 minutes. Um, it was released late. Uh, there were entire albums that were apparently scrapped along the way, but even albums that normally drop, you know, at midnight on uh, Fridays or whatever, this one went well into the morning because they were still making edits or whatever the situation might be. But it really has taken the entire world by storm and it, it's trending everywhere it could be trending. So it's trending on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter. Um, it's topped every chart that's possible to chart. I mean, the Billboard 200 hasn't quite come out yet, but it's going to uh, be at number one. Uh, Spotify kind of has a top 10 list or like a top 100 list or, or something like that. Nine songs off of this album are in the top 10 right now on Spotify. So by the time you're listening to this, it'll probably be a little bit different. Uh, I mean, and to date, this is the craziest thing about my audience is as soon as I think I understand my audience, something like this happens because we're a hundred and you know, two episodes in now, and I have not gotten a request to talk about an individual subject more than I've been given getting requests to talk about this album. I mean, so we've got major things happening in the world of politics, major things happening in the world of sports, you know, in, in the Christian church, we've got stuff happening all over the globe. And I've guys say, Hey, I want you to talk about this. Hey, can you talk about this on your next Q and a, Hey, can you do that? Hey, can you do that? But I've been just like <laughs> absolutely inundated with, Hey, what do you think of the new uh, Kanye album? I've been getting texts and emails and all kinds of things. It's just like, Hey, what are you going to do? Or what, how are you going to talk about this? I want to know what you think about this and not just musically and whatever. So, so here we go. All right. I'm scrapping what I had planned for episode 102. We're going to push that back just so we can talk about this. But uh, before we really get into Jesus is King, which is the name of the album. I'm not sure I said that yet. Kanye West has had a really unbelievable last couple of years. I mean, from the beginning of 2018 to where we are here in October of 2019. So it's been a little crazy for Kanye West, but just kind of give you a little bit of a recap. So he started to kind of give full bore support to the Blexit movement. So that's B-L-E-X-I-T. So that's a wordplay off of the Brexit movement. But this is basically black people leaving the Democratic Party, right? So Candace Owens is big on that and Turning Point USA, they're big on kind of that. But but really that that caught full bore with, with Kanye West. So he was seen wearing a MAGA hat, you know, to make America great again hat, supporting Donald Trump, doing meetings in the Oval Office. You have his wife, Kim Kardashian West, going to the Oval Office and talking about prison reform and actually getting some people that were in prison supposedly for life, going to be getting them off and getting them out and all kinds of stuff like that. And around that same time that all this was going down, he released Ye. And so that's Y-E. So he has his name short to Ye and Yeezy and Yeezus and all this stuff. We're going to get into it. But he released that album. And on that album, it wasn't that great of an album, according to 
to me. But basically, it just talked a lot about his mental health issues. Uh, a lot of people were saying the only reason why he did this MAGA hat, Donald uh, Trump support, Blexit stuff, was to basically sell albums, which if you're in the hip hop space, that's probably not the thing you want to do. So it was one of the dumber takes that I saw people have. Um, then you see this change and the change started at the beginning of 2019. And that was, he started doing something at his house called Sunday service. Okay. So this was an invite only thing at his incredibly fancy estate in Calabasas out in California. But the thing about it is these were not overtly Christian meetings, right? Uh, there was no gospel being preached. Uh, there was no altar call. There was no prayer, but to, to people that were there, and I'm pretty sure that Kim Kardashian West was, was, putting stuff on Instagram, basically just describing it as like spiritual music sessions. I mean, so these things would last for a couple hours, maybe several hours, but there would be a choir and they would sing some songs. But as you can see in some of Kanye West's music all throughout his entire career, you could see that there was some sort of a Christian undertone, that there was this thing almost haunting him. And it was just this, you know, and and for us, we know that that's the Holy Spirit kind of prompting him, but it's just like this thing that's kind of hovering over his life. But then apparently... In April of this year, according to Kanye West, he says that he found Jesus, that he became a Christian, right? Which for those of you that just heard me say that the only, you know, I guess emotion you should be feeling is excitement when I say something like that. But I know that that's not the case. So we're going to get more into that a little bit later. But apparently this was around the same time he did that uh, concert at Coachella. Uh, it was kind of weird. A lot of people talked about it because it was him dressed in these, this big purple outfit and all his people in the choir were in these big purple outfits. I mean, it looked like a cult meeting. It was on Easter Sunday. He called it an Easter Sunday service, but you know, just a few years earlier, he had released an album called Jesus where he uh, compared himself to a God. I think that was in 2013. And so a lot of weirdness kind of happening around that time period, but most people just kind of wrote it off. Ah, that's just Kanye being Kanye. You know, he's just doing something crazy, but apparently behind the scenes, you know, he was seeking out pastors. So he specifically sought out a pastor named Adam Tyson and that's, and he's uh, the uh, lead pastor of Placerita or, or Placerita. I'm not sure exactly which, but we'll go with Placerita Bible Church in Newhall, California. And so um, basically one day, Kanye just came to church, right? He, he just came in there and sat in and listened to the pastor Adam Tyson uh, do his thing. And after the sermon, uh, I guess some people, maybe from the staff or some other people said, hey, you know, Pastor Tyson, did, did you see uh, Did you see who was at the service today? And he's like, no, who? And he's, they're like, Kanye West. And he's just kind of like, well, who's that? You know, it's kind of one of those situations. Like, I'm not sure he was actually fully up on, on who was there, but those two actually connected. And apparently they had several long sessions, you know, two, three hour long conversations where pastor Adam Tyson took him through the Bible and took him through the gospel and was showing him things and, you know, treating him like you would disciple a new believer. Um, they did weekly Bible studies up until the point that Kanye, I think full-time moved to Wyoming. Um, and according to him, he's been, uh, he's been quoted as saying this in several interviews that he sees a lot of fruit in Kanye's life. Cause that's kind of the number one question everyone seems to give this pastor is, well, is this for real? Is, is this a real thing that's actually happening? Or can we really trust that he's found Jesus? And according to you know him, he's like, look, we, we can't know like as, as you know, other people watching his life, we can't know for certain, but you know, you can know by the fruits and Kanye seems to, to see a lot of fruit there. And so the thing about this album is it took forever. So even from the moment that he you know, started meeting with uh, Pastor Adam Tyson and, you know, going to church and doing his thing, he started doing the, the Sunday things, I think, at his house a little bit more. 
But the thing was, is this entire time, there's this album and there's this groundswell for this album that people were ready to come out. And it was supposed to come out, you know, in September and then it was delayed and then it was delayed again. And then it was released that it was going to be called Jesus is King. And people are like, what's up with that? And then apparently the entire album got scrapped somewhere in this. I might be messing up the timeline. But then on Friday of last week, October 25th, 2019, we finally see it. He drops the album, Jesus is King. And so, I mean, it's been news since the moment of the release, but there's just been headline after headline after headline, and everyone's got an opinion on this. No matter who you are, no matter what you do, you seemingly have an opinion on this album. It doesn't matter what kind of a news site you you run. It doesn't matter what kind of an entertainment thing you run. Everyone's got an opinion on this. And so I just did a quick Google search, and I found a bunch of different just headlines. And these are all articles that I actually did end up reading, but I just want to kind of give you the headlines, just to kind of give you kind of the the overall you know, breadth of things that people are saying. So New York Times had an article called Kanye West, Heretic by Nature, Finds God. The LA Times has Kanye West hawks faith on Jesus is King. And another LA Times article says Kanye West preaches a message of love and faith on Jesus is King. Too bad about the messenger. Then we have Yahoo posted this. Kanye West is an unreliable pastor on Jesus is King. The AV Club, I'm not sure what AV stands for, but they posted this. The Church of Satan responds to Jesus is King. Satan is the best friend Kanye has ever had. We have the Hollywood Reporter saying this. Kanye West's Jesus is King is a dull, dead-end spiritual quest. Billboard says Kanye West Jesus is King album aiming for number one debut on Billboard 200 chart and almost certainly will do that. The Daily Wire had this. Closed on Sunday, Kanye West's ode to Chick-fil-A draws hate because there was a song where he talked about Chick-fil-A, so obviously everyone's going to hop on that. The Christian Post did this. Is Kanye really born again, or is it just another publicity stunt? Surprise, surprise on that one. And then the Daily Beast said this, Kanye West, Jesus is King, is fake Christianity at its finest. So you're going to see this all over the place. The, the majority of those are negative. Right. But, but everybody had an opinion. I did find some positive opinions in there, but you know, it just kind of is what it is. So from the beginning here, I just want to kind of give you my personal opinion on the album. I'll I'll just give you my review of the album because I've listened to it several times since last Friday, mainly because you guys wouldn't shut up and leave me alone about it. So here it goes. So if if you're like a, uh, you know, zero to five stars, you know, scale type person, I'd give this about 3.5 out of five stars. Okay. Good, but not great. You know, I guess, I guess on a A to F scale, that'd be like a B minus, you know, on the Rotten Tomatoes scale, I'd give it a tomato, I'd give it a thumbs up. The thing is, is the best word that I've seen used to describe this album, and again, I've read a lot of reviews and talked to several people about it, is undercooked. Undercooked. I felt like that was a great word that encapsulated this album. Because again, it's 11 songs, 27 minutes long. So it is not a very long album. Some tracks seemed like they were going somewhere and then didn't end up going anywhere. Um, some of the tracks ended up sounding a lot the same. Um, but there were some really, really good tracks on this album that I really enjoyed that I can listen to over and over. And so I guess, uh, my favorite tracks, I'll just kind of go through them here. I'll I'll talk about four specifically that I really like the first three right out of the gate. I, I really like all three of those. The first one is called every hour. And so this is a song featuring the Sunday service choir. So this is a choir that I guess he had in his house for these Sunday services that he was doing. And it's a straight up gospel intro. I mean, Kanye isn't even on the track. I mean, if he is, he's singing way in the background or something like that. But this is just a a tremendous, 
you would expect this if you walked into a traditionally black church or something like that. You would expect this kind of singing. And to be honest with you, that's some of my favorite. Like, I don't really get into the Hillsong-y type stuff. I kind of like more of the big, robust, you know, gospel choir. That's kind of what I'm into. Well, that's how this album starts. And so this whole time you're hearing, okay, Kanye's about to drop a gospel album. He's dropping a gospel album. It's not a hip-hop album. And then you have this as the first track. So it hits you right in the eyes, but I found it very enjoyable. But that goes right into the second song, which is Selah. And this is the first track with Kanye. It's very ominous, this song is. Uh, it builds, it, it kind of crescendos at a different point, but it, it kind of stays low. Uh, it doesn't really have this big explosion, but it, but it does kind of stay low a little bit. It's got some very interesting metaphors, uh, and it flows really directly into the third song, which is called Follow God. And so if you're a Kanye West fan and have been for a long time, this is probably the song on the album that you're going to recognize his style the most. Um, because you've seen, uh, if you've been watching any of the interviews with Kanye recently, that he's kind of called rap, you know, devil music and you know or something along those lines and so you can tell that he wanted to to kind of let more of his hip-hop style out in this album but he kind of like held it back that was kind of like my read of it but this song does have a little bit more of that but then my favorite song on the entire album is song number 10 and that is called use this gospel and it's featuring clips and kenny g yes I said Kenny G. So the thing is is the only other reason that I knew that Kanye kind of knew Kenny G is because uh, Kanye, I think he surprised his, his wife on her birthday or on Christmas or something like that and had a bunch of roses in this foyer area and then Kenny G's just like playing his clarinet or saxophone or whatever right there in the middle of the room. So I knew they kind of knew each other, but they actually collaborated on this song. And again, like I said, this is my favorite song from the entire album. One of the reasons why it's my favorite is because it has clips on it. And so if you're not familiar with clips, um, this is a super underrated duo. It's a rap duo and it's two brothers. It's Pusha T and No Malice. He used to just be called Malice, but now he's No Malice. Uh, and this song actually is a reunion of these two. So Clips is, again, like I said, very underrated, but if you're a hip-hop fan, uh, you've ran across Clips before. And I'm pretty sure that they haven't done a song together since like 2010 or 2011. Uh, Pusha T has since, uh, you know, renounced some of his old ways in songwriting and misogyny and, you know, drugs and violence and all that kind of stuff. Um, and he's become a Christian. I think he wrote a memoir where he talks a lot about that in there. But this song, um, it it's the most enjoyable song for me in a lot of different ways. There are people that really don't like this song very much because they feel like the Kenny G aspect of it was just kind of like pushed in there. Um, and again, it does seem like it was pasted into the song, but I felt like it flowed pretty well, right? It's it's just kind of a little bit of an interlude uh, in the song itself. And so I, I felt like that was very, very beneficial. I really did like that song. And now I want to kind of get into some of my favorite lyrics, some of my favorite individual lyrics or bars from this album, because uh, there were a lot of good ones. There were some that were just kind of like stuck on there. Uh, one of the things about it is on some of the albums that, you know, had a very, very deep or no, I guess wouldn't say deep, but had a very uh, much so a focus on a, a Christian message or a biblical message. Some of those things were fairly, fairly elementary. It reminded me of a lot of worship music that I see today, but it was almost, I mean, these are the, these are the the writings of a new Christian, of a baby believer, right? And so you shouldn't really be expecting these deep theological truths, which we'll get more into a little bit later. But going back to song number two, Selah, uh, there was uh, two bars here that I really liked. And so the first one was this, everybody wanted Yandi, then Jesus Christ did the laundry. They say the weak start on Monday, but the strong start on Sunday. Okay. So again, the context there is the album that was apparently scrapped before he wrote and recorded Jesus is King was called Yandi. Right. So that's a, a play on his name that he goes by, you know, Kanye West and, you know, Gandhi, Mahatma Gandhi or Mohandas Gandhi, whatever. And so it 
it's a play on that. And so you could see he goes from Jesus to Yandi. And so he's kind of doing this kind of cult leader movement, central point thing. But then again, he says, then Jesus did the laundry. I felt like that was a really good line. When I've listened to it the first time, that was probably the line that stuck out the most on this album. And and on the song as well, it said this, everything old shall now become new. The leaves will be green, bearing the fruit. Love God and our neighbor as written in Luke, the army of God, and we are the truth. And so again, you can see some stuff here. You can see obviously some, some biblical literacy here. Cause he's talking about, you know, that's one of the major themes that Jesus uses throughout the Bible is about, uh, trees bearing good fruit and, and, you know, just the opposite if they're not bearing fruit, those types of things. And so you can see that he's dug into some of the gospels here and you kind of get that hint here from that, from that lyric there. And then in song number six, that was the song called everything we need. And that was featuring Ty Dolla Sign, believe it or not, and a guy named Aunt Clemens. And so this was, uh, the lyric here that I, th- that I pulled out and it's switch my, switch my, attitude. I'm so, I'm so radical. All these people mad at dude. This is for who it mattered to. What if Eve made apple juice? You going to do what Adam do or say, baby, let's put this back on the tree because we have everything we need. Okay. So again, when you get into the actual album and listen to it, that's a lot better than just me sitting here reading it. But again, we've heard about Adam and Eve so much. We've heard about the apple, but have you ever thought of something like, what if Eve made apple juice, right? Like, like what would Adam do? Right. And so, but he's also putting it towards you. It's like, you going to do what Adam do? Like, are, are you going to act in that way? So that was one for me as I was listening to the album, but also reading the lyrics as the music was going. That was one that caught me that I didn't necessarily catch the first time as I was listening to it. But I was actually, when I was listening to it the second time in the car with my wife, uh, she actually pulled out that lyric as well. Thought that that was pretty neat. And so, um, then we have on track number nine, that's hands on. So that was free, uh, featuring Fred Hammond. And it was this, I'm not trying to lead you to visas, but if I try to lead you to Jesus, we get called halfway believers, only halfway read Ephesians. Only if they knew what I knew, I never knew till I knew of the true and living God, Yeshua, the true and living God. And so the, the interesting thing about this is this kind of goes into a lot of the things about him, but I want to really pull out this one line. If I try to lead you to Jesus, we get called halfway believers. And so I'll talk about this a lot more later, but it's like when a guy like Kanye West claims, you know, a, a Christian worldview claims to be a follower of Christ. It's a, it's really interesting to see the people that come out and come after him. Right. And so we'll get a little bit more into that here now, but, um, I had a bunch of random thoughts. Okay. So as I'm listening to this album, as I'm talking to other people about this album, as I'm reading about it online, as I'm listening to interviews, as I'm getting all these different people's opinions on it. Right. And I mean, it's hours and hours and hours spent thinking about this album and all those things. I got a bunch of random thoughts and I typically try to put these in at least a little bit of a narrative order. So I did my best, but I'm just going to kind of flow in a bunch of random thoughts here about this album, because hopefully whatever you were wondering about it, hopefully I hit on something like that. Okay. So one of the things I wondered is, you know, it almost doesn't even matter if the album is any good, right? Just the fact that the album was released is enough. Because this is kind of a big deal. Again, we're sitting here talking about, I've scrapped basically two weeks worth of podcasts and pushed stuff and changed the, changed the whole schedule just because of you guys asking about it. It struck a chord. It certainly has struck a chord, but the the thing is, and and again, I'm just going to kind of flow on all these in order, but can you imagine how many people will end up finding Jesus because of this album? And some people are like, oh my gosh, how could you even say something like that? Like, why would you say something like that? I mean, just, just think about the number of times Jesus is King has been typed into Google since Friday and will continue to be typed into Google from here. Now, right now, if you type in Jesus is King, you're just going to get a deluge of Kanye West stuff, right? 
but we all know how Google changes and you have, you know, different things that pop up in the search at different times. That's not always going to be the case. And so we are going to have people that, you know, figure out who Jesus is and find Jesus because of this album, right? I think that's pretty incredible. And, and I guess the other thing I thought about as well is because again, like I said, this is about a 3.5 out of, out of five type album. I didn't think it was great. It's not really up to some of the other things. Um, you know, there was an album, I'm trying to remember the name of it. It's like, uh, uh, my, my dark twisted fantasy. I think it was, you know, from like 10 years ago or, you know, 808s and heartbreak, some of those seminal works of Kanye West or, or, you know, all those, those things were, you know, 808s and heartbreak, whenever that album came out, nothing really sounded like that at the time. Uh, and it's kind of stood the test of time in my personal opinion. Um, but, you know, there's a, there's a lot of things about Kanye West where he's kind of sending music in a lot of different directions, but this is his first time taking on the idea of an entirely gospel album. So for me, you know, if this is a true transformation in Kanye's, in Kanye's life, I would fully expect that the second gospel album that he put puts out will likely be way better. So, so if he puts out another album and if it's a gospel album, I would assume it would get better. I wouldn't assume that his work would get worse because again, this is a guy that's tried to test the limits of music and do some things that other people are not doing. And so we can assume he would do the same thing here. Um, and just to be honest, this album as it sits right now in its form, it's 27 minute form. I think it's already way more interesting than most Christian music that's out there. And you've heard me talk about this as well uh, in a lot of different contexts, but most worship music is absolute garbage. And I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about the people that make the music. I'm not talking about the people that put the music on the radio. I'm just saying the music itself sucks. It doesn't get me going. It doesn't get me excited. It certainly doesn't bring me closer to Jesus. Maybe there's something broken inside my brain because a lot of you guys listening to this, you can definitely get a lot more out of worship music than I seemingly do, but it's just not interesting. I think is the one thing, right? You know, what is country music? It's, it's three chords in the truth or something like that. You know, uh, Christian music seems to be three chords and, you know, the chorus sang 70 times in one song. It's just, it's just not that interesting to me. And it's easy to pick on. A lot of people that don't like Christianity, they, they point at specifically Christian music and say, well, look at their music. Everything about it's corny and it's not even that good. It's not even creative. And so I feel like this is at least a creative move. And Kanye's big time. Like it doesn't really get much bigger than Kanye in, in a musical context and a pop culture context. And so you're going to have a lot of artists, like a lot of very, very powerful artists that are looking at this. And so I'm, I'm really excited to see kind of where he takes this music from here if he continues down this path. And again, I mentioned this earlier, he released an album called Yeezus in 2013, where he, you know, he likened himself to a God. He had a track on there called I Am A God. Um, even the the concert he did, you know, it showed him like talking to Jesus, like almost like they were in the same, the, the same plane and all that kind of thing. And so the, the one thing that's just interesting is, you know, following an artist that in, you know, six years of transition in his life, you know, I think he's 42 years old now. He's got four kids, you know, all those different things, you know, his transition as a man has seem seemingly been been pretty interesting, right? I mean, to go from Jesus to literally turning to Jesus, that that's a pretty important thing. Um, the other thing I kind of thought about and noticed is a lot of the negativity about this album and or, you know, Kanye's apparent turn to Jesus is kind of this deep seated hatred from people of God, of Jesus, of Donald Trump. And okay, I'm not conflating those three, God, Jesus, and Donald Trump. So don't quote me as saying that. But at the same time, a lot of people just hate God. They hate the idea of a deity like Jesus. They, they hate Donald Trump and what he represents. And then they see Kanye, a recent convert to Christianity. So there's God and Jesus, and he wears a MAGA hat 
right? Or wore a MAGA hat, where he says these things that are heterodox to people that are find themselves on the political left, right? So it's at least interesting, but a lot of that goes into when you're looking at some of these album reviews. So some of the album reviews that I read, it seemed like they weren't talking about the music as much as they were talking about Kanye West, which, you know, obviously those are inextricably linked things, but they were talking about his politics and they were talking about, you know, what, what he's changed in his personal life. They weren't necessarily talking about the music and yet they were doing a music review, right? So I'm not going to work for Rolling Stone or Billboard magazine or something like that and do some sort of deep deep dive on someone's political philosophies or, or theological ideologies or whatever the situation might be. But a lot of these people were doing that. I also saw some media outlets that were very slyly doing this, but they were attacking Kanye's mental health struggles, right? They were kind of bringing that up. They were just kind of dropping that into the conversation almost to be like, they, they didn't want to just straight up come out and say, well, you know, of course he considers himself a Christian now. Of course he believes in Christianity. Now I'm doing air quotes here in my studio because he's got mental health problems. Because a lot of these people that are anti-Christians or atheist or agnostic or something like that, they see themselves as high-minded sophisticants, right? And they wouldn't dare lower themselves to believing in some spaghetti monster in the sky. And so obviously the only reason why Kanye is doing that now is because he has these mental health problems, you see. And, and I'm so woke and I'm so progressive that I've recognized his mental health problems and I'm going to give him an out, but I'm not going to come right out and say it. So I thought that was interesting. It's also been interesting to watch how amazing it is to see that people have, have said of Kanye that he's kind of lost his black credentials, if you will, because of his Trump support or the lyrics on this album. I have seen several people kind of come out and almost without saying it again, it's kind of underhanded that he's not almost not black anymore. Right. Because you can't be black and not vote Democrat. You can't be black and think that a woman shouldn't kill the baby inside her, her womb. You can't be black and support a guy like Donald Trump. It's it's overtly racist when people do that. But again, they try to hide it behind this veil of, oh, no, 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 no. I'm just I'm giving you commentary on this music or I'm giving social commentary. Right. I'm not being racist. If anyone's being racist here, it's you for thinking that way. You know, it's kind of that, you know, backhanded type of type of way of doing things. But another thing I've seen is there's a lot of people saying that this isn't about Jesus at all. This is about Kanye, right? And they're specifically looking at the album. So when someone's specifically looking at the album and the contents therein, I kind of take that opinion with a little bit more heft. But there are several songs where it seems like he's referring to himself a lot, but he's referring to himself as a person in a story of a spiritual transition. That's what I heard. Because I've been on that transition myself. Obviously, we haven't led anything even seemingly close to a similar life. But a lot of people are just saying this isn't about Jesus. It's about Kanye. And it really goes into the next thing, which is basically there's a lot of people saying that this is a marketing ploy. You see people on the Christian side. You see people on the non-Christian side. Oh, this is just a marketing ploy. You know, whenever he released uh, Ye, he, he was just talking about the MAGA stuff. So people would talk about him. So they'd buy his album, right? That's all he wanted to do. But... They're just saying it's a marketing ploy, but they're not providing any evidence. Like they're certainly not getting down in, in the, the muck, in the mire of having a theological discussion as to whether or not Kanye is actually saved as if they could figure that out on their own. But, oh, it's just a marketing ploy based on what doesn't make any sense. The other thing is uh, he did an interview with a guy named Big Boy. So he's he's a big um, a big radio uh, host guy. And so he's got a show called Big Boy TV. And you've seen this clip probably uh, going around, but he said a lot of things in this one, you know, kind of 15 second little soliloquy he did. And he said this, this was his quote. So quote, we're brainwashed out here, bro. Come on, man. This is a free man talking. 
Democrats had us voting for Democrats with food stamps for years. What are you talking about guns in the 80s? Talking, taking fathers out the home. Plan B, lowering our votes, making us abort our children. Okay, so this is one of those things where people are kind of getting on to him because he's very heterodox in some of the things that he says. Some of the things that he said about slavery and all that, I, I can't really give him the benefit of the doubt on because some of the stuff he said is just flat wrong. It's, you know, it is kind of revisionist history on some of the aspects. But this is a guy who's basically seeing that the Democratic Party, right, which on this podcast I said is, you know, the party of death and satanic. I've said all those things about the things that this party believes in. You know, they have tried to keep certain people groups on the dole. That's why this um, intersectionality is so prevalent in the democratic communities, because they don't want to see us as individualized people that are responsible for our own actions and our own selves. They want us to be seen as people groups, as white people, black people, trans people, gay people. Because when you talk about people in a group, which is more of a Marxist ideology, then you can move to grab more power as a government to say, we're not going to allow this oppression of these people groups, which we all know from history that that the exact opposite of that happens. But he talked about a lot of things here. He talked about Democrats keeping people on food stamps. He talked about gun violence in the eighties, removing black fathers from the home, which again, this isn't a deep dive into whether or not that's true and any of that stuff around that. But he talked about the uh, plan B pill. He talked about, you know, uh, making us abort our children. Again, we've talked about abortion a lot on this podcast. We've talked about, uh, you know, the state of New York a lot, how more black babies are aborted in that state than are actually born. And uh, if you go back to Margaret Sanger, who is the founder of Planned Parenthood, you know, she was, in, she was a, a radical racist. She was somebody that wanted to put her clinics in poor neighborhoods where there was basically black and brown people to basically eradicate them or to lower them to the point of basically being completely unreliable liable or, you know, just not even need to be thought about. Right. And so Kanye West is talking about these things and he's talking about to a guy in big boy that doesn't really subscribe to that belief system. He would find himself way on the other side of that belief system, you know, hardened Democrat, you know, supports a lot of people that supposedly do things for the black community that end up not doing things for the black community. And here he is talking about that, but that was on the heels of this album coming out that kind of gave him the runway to talk about that and, and all those other things. The other thing that I've seen, I've seen this online quite a bit, you know, we have this idea that, you know, Jesus can save anyone, but probably not Kanye. He probably didn't save Kanye. And here's the thing is I'm sitting here in my studio recording this and I don't know if Kanye West has been saved by Jesus. I don't know if he has accepted the free gift of salvation. I mean, all you Calvinists out there, you, you assume that, you know, but I, I'm, I'm saying I don't know. I just don't know that for sure. And neither do you. Neither do you. You don't know. You know, we we go around and we say Jesus can save anybody. There's no one that is outside of his sight that can be saved. We say all these things. But then the moment someone like Kanye West accepts Jesus, which he says that he did, we're like, "Mm, I don't know. I don't know about that. That doesn't really sound right to me. And if you're one of those people, you need to do some uh, self-discovery. You need to look inside yourself and wonder where in the heck did that come from? Because what if Kanye was your friend? Like, would you have the same reaction if you could actually see the fruits in his life? You know, what would send you to the left or the right of that particular thing towards yes or towards no? And here's the other thing about Christians. Christians are already hitting Kanye for not being theologically deep enough certainly in his lyrical content on this album, but also in his interviews, he's just not deep enough. Or he said this, and that doesn't exactly flow right. And the, you know, uh, the exegesis on this isn't quite the same as, uh, if you had gone back to this version of the, 
the thing about it is, is we should not be discouraging new believers from sharing the gospel or giving their testimony. Now, to all you people that are out there, all you reformed guys that just got real bowed up, like, what's Kyle about to say? Here's the thing. He's straight up saying that he's not a theologian. In an interview I think he did with a Beats One, he said that he's not a theologian. He's a recent convert. Go back to before you were just basically sitting there reading Spurgeon and talking to all your friends about how smart you were. Think about how spiritually adept and theologically advanced you were seven months after you got saved. Think about that. I was a dum-dum. Now, I was a sponge. I was trying to soak up everything that I could, but I probably said just a myriad of ridiculous things. And if I'd had Twitter, I would have tweeted a myriad of stupid things that made no theological sense. So, if Kanye says something in an interview or in an album that doesn't exactly ring true, that doesn't mean we should ignore it. That, is, that doesn't mean that we should accept it as our own new personal gospel because Ye said so. That's not what we should be doing. But at the same time, we should be able to have the posture of wanting to correct him in a, in a nice and loving way, all the while realizing that Kanye West is not in our lives. Like, we are not his pastor, right? We are also not part of his flock. Like, he's, he's not a pastor. So there's, there's no way, certainly not through Twitter or Instagram, that we're going to be able to correct his understanding about these things. But it does provide a good discussion point for you and the people that are in your sphere of influence or in your family to say, hey, you know what? Kanye West said this uh, in his in his song. I can see why he said this. Um, this isn't exactly correct. Let me point out to you why. And for whatever reason, if you do run across Kanye West and he says one of those things and you know he's wrong, it would be your responsibility to to point him in the right direction, to lovingly nudge him towards the truth. But I just, I, I just don't have a lot of sympathy for Christians right now. Oh, well, you know, Kanye West said this rock, so that obviously that clearly means he's not a Christian. You don't know that. He's a young guy in the faith. So give him some runway. Give him some time to figure this out. Okay? Now, the, the one take that I probably liked more than anything, and this was on Rapzilla. So Rapzilla is kind of a Christian hip-hop site. Um, they posted a blog before this album even came out. Right. So, cause again, we thought Yandi was coming out and then, you know, you know, it was told that it was going to be uh, Jesus is King and, you know, just kind of is what it is. And so I went back and found this article that was released. I don't know if it was a few days or a few weeks before the album dropped, but I loved the take here towards the end of this article. So, and I tried to find the author and for whatever, whatever reason I couldn't find it. I'd like to give them uh, some props here, but I'm just going to go ahead and read this and maybe one of y'all can uh, figure it out later for me. It's this, whether Wes come to Jesus moment is genuine or not. Consider Jesus's words in response to the John in Luke 9, 49 and 50. John answered, Master, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him. Do not stop him, for the one who is not against you is for you. For the sake of argument, say that Kanye West's reawakening is an opportunistic business scheme, but maintains a strong faith-based tone with a push towards Christ. In this case, West would fall under those who are, quote, not against you, unquote. And Christians would fall into the same category as the disciples. Although Yeezy may not fit the mold of a conventional Christian artist using his talents to proclaim Christ, even if it is just for a moment in time, Jesus is King can be a vehicle for the advancement of the gospel. So I really did like that take from Rapzilla. But as we wrap up the podcast here, I want to get into some reasons for caution that are surrounding this whole situation. Also, some reasons for excitement 
and then some reasons for both. So let's start with the reasons for caution. So the first reason for caution here is the name of the album that he scrapped for Jesus is King was called Yandi, right? I talked about that earlier. So I got to be real honest with you guys, right? So for any of y'all that think I'm out here being a Kanye West apologist, like just listen to me here. I am a little scared that he might turn into a cult leader. I'm a little scared, right? So his Coachella performance with all the people dancing around him, always all kind of wearing the same purple jumpsuits, you know, even the stuff he's doing right now in his Sunday services, uh, where he's got his entire choir wearing white and all those different things. I could see that happening. I certainly would pray that it, that it wouldn't happen, but this is a guy that is an, you know, crazy narcissist. And I, and I don't mean crazy in the sense that he's, he's nuts. I, I, I'm not his psychologist or whatever. But this is a guy that is a narcissist. It's kind of hard to get to to this level of of superstardom and not be a narcissist. Kind of like you can't really get to the upper echelons of politics unless you're like some sort of insane narcissist. But, you know, that's one reason for caution for all this. I would be scared too, okay? The second reason for caution is he's a high backslide risk, right? So if I'm Vegas and I'm taking bets on people that, you know, would backslide out of Christendom, I'd put him towards the top of that list, right? You're not, you're going to have to put a lot of money down to make a hundred bucks on that bet, right? Because here's the thing about Kanye West and about all, all the people around him, crazy money, just insane amounts of money, money, amounts of money that you can't even fathom. I've seen places where he's worth, you know, a quarter of a billion dollars. Like he is worth insane amounts of money. He is so close to Hollywood, right? He, you know, he's got an estate or a ranch out in Wyoming now that he supposedly lives at full time, but you know, he, he's going to be touring apparently on the Jesus is King album. So he's going to be all over the place on the road, doing the things that could come with that, that family that he's a part of, Obviously, the Kardashians, the whole keeping up with the Kardashians thing and, you know, Bruce, now Caitlyn Jenner, that whole thing. There's a whole lot of depravity in that family. There's a whole lot of baggage, even going all the way back to the O.J. Simpson trial with the father Kardashian, right? I mean, there's a lot of baggage inside that family. There are the mental health issues, right? You know, uh, Kanye West has talked about them himself, so I don't really care about what someone's opinion of Kanye West's mental struggles are. I'd I'd rather kind of listen to Kanye about that to see where he feels like he's at. But he is a backslide risk. So if he is truly saved, there, there is this thing where Jesus is king might be the high point and he could fall back. Again, I pray that that doesn't happen, but that's at least a reason for caution. Now, for the reasons for excitement, again, if he is truly saved, the first thing is he's a mainstream example of God's power. Because God doesn't need a mainstream example, but seemingly some people do. Because they're going to look around at the Christians that are in their world, and maybe they don't like them that much. Maybe they're kind of jerks to them. Maybe they're not that smart. Maybe they're not that pretty. Maybe they're not that talented. Maybe they don't have enough money. And they think, well, if this God is real, they would have this. Again, that's bad theology. That's stupid. But that's how some people's minds work. But it doesn't get much more mainstream than Kanye West. I mean, Kanye West is known worldwide. Your, your grandma probably knows who Kanye West is, Right? But he is a mainstream example of God's power. That God got that guy. The guy who literally has it all. Like the superstar wife. All the glitz and the glamour. Every album he's released up to this one has gone platinum. All eight of them. Right? And this might be number nine. He's got everything. Seemingly. But he didn't have God. He didn't accept the blood of Jesus. And that's pretty exciting. The next side of that is, is another reason for excitement rather, is that he has the potential to almost single-handedly change Christian music forever. 
again, I, I've talked about my, my issues with Christian music ad nauseum, and I, I still haven't done a full-on podcast about that. Y'all probably been waiting a couple of years for that. Don't worry, I'll get to it eventually. But Kanye West is a generationally creative person. I mean, he's a generation-defining creativity. Right, that that's just kind of who he is, and and it goes into a lot of different areas, and so his influence on Christian music could be felt for for a long time to come. Because let's just say that he stays in the gospel side of things, because he spent eight albums really changing what a lot of people think about hip hop, what people think about pop, what people think about you know um, just a lot of things con- concerning music. What if he does that for gospel music? I mean, that's a reason to be excited. But here's kind of my catch 22 category. So here's the reasons for both, for both, you know, caution and excitement. The first thing is that Kanye West can captivate an audience like no other worship artist can. So I was watching something, I'll give you a link to it. It was of the quote unquote Sunday service that he did in the LA forum. I think it was this this past Sunday. It might be the day before I'm recording this. And the audience, like some people, I guess, I don't know if you could have your phone in there, but someone had their phone in there and they were taking video of it. But when they would scan the crowd, I mean, no one was looking down at their phones. Like when no one was talking to their neighbor, they were absolutely transfixed on the choir and Kanye West. But it's not just in concert that he captivates people. He captivates their attention on social media. When he posts something on Twitter, when he posts something on Instagram, I mean, it goes everywhere. When Kim Kardashian posts something about her husband on any of those social media sites, it goes everywhere. Also in fashion, right? I mean, he's got he's got Off-White. He's got the Yeezys with Adidas. He's got stuff with Louis Vuitton. Like, he's got stuff all over the place. He can hold someone's attention in a way that I can't name another Christian group that can do that. Because here's the thing is, if you don't like Hillsong, they're not going to hold your attention. Like, if you sent me to a Hillsong concert, I'm going to get really bored pretty fast right? And people are going to have a good time. They're going to raise their hands. They're going to, they're going to do all that stuff. And they're going to sing the songs. They're going to sing the chorus 84 times in a row. They're going to do that. Right. But at the same time, like they're not going to carry the, the generalized public's attention with their music and certainly not their message. Kanye West can do that. That's why it's a reason to be excited and a reason to be cautious. Because if he goes full bore prosperity gospel, if he goes kind of like half Jesus, half my own made up thing, right? Kind of, you know, he kind of does his own little form of Mormonism or something like that. It could be incredibly damaging because you're going to have a lot of young, impressionable people that are following every word that Kanye West says, and then it's not going to work out for him on the back end. So reason to be cautious and excited. The second thing is, is this, is that Kanye immediately became the most culturally relevant Christian the moment he accepted Jesus. And that is exciting, and it's also terrifying, right? Because again, his influence far exceeds anything that anyone else in Christendom can do or say right now. Because everyone's looking to Kanye right now when it comes to what it means to be a Christian, right? And and gosh, that's I wish they would look somewhere else, but they're not. They're looking at Kanye West. He has a unique ability to literally create a revival. And I'm not being hyperbolic when I say that, because when you watch the Sunday service that I'm going to provide here in the links, it looks like a crusade. And I'm not the one that came up with that. A lot of other people say that it said that it looks like a crusade. I mean, and I'm not about to call him, you know, the, you know, the, the new age Billy Graham or something like that. Cause obviously they're, they're just way, way different people, way different backgrounds. They use media in completely different ways, but the impact that Billy Graham has had is going to be felt for generations and generations. Kanye West has that ability because of his 
He's got a gravitational pull to the things that he produces and the things that he says. So again, that makes me really, really excited and really, really terrified and cautious all at the same time. So if I were to wrap this podcast up in a bow, I would say that this is a net positive. As of right now, where I'm sitting right now, this is a net positive because this is a major person talking about how Jesus saved them. And the thing is, is the way that I feel like that could be ruined is if six months from now, Kanye West did, you know, he posted something on, on Instagram and said, ha, I got you suckers. Look at all you Christians I made buy my album. I don't believe in this nonsense. Yeah. Then he duped us and we're all dummies. But if this is all true, how could it be a negative thing? I, I just haven't heard a compelling argument yet that would say that this is a net negative for, for, for Christ, a net negative for the kingdom. I just don't see it. I'll tell you what, I'm going to be praying for Kanye West. I'm going to be praying for his family, for his four children, for his wife, for all the people that are a part of that big jacked up family. I'm going to be praying for those people because there are, you know, again, God doesn't need this, but for some of us, we need more mainstream people that are quote unquote on our side that believe the same way that we do that are on our side. When people are pointing fingers and saying, look at those dummies, look at those bigots, look at those haters, right? It's good to have people like that on your side, not because you can't be defended otherwise, just because it's a positive. It's a positive overall to have those people. All right. So guys, before we let you out of here, we are going to do a quick resilience boost. As you know, by now we are a men's ministry and our mission is cultivating manly resilience. And specifically we do that by providing content that forges spiritual, mental, and physical toughness. So for today, uh, today rather, I'm going to kind of give you a rundown of everything we got for you. So if you've not heard the album yet, I've got a link here to iTunes, Apple music, and Spotify. So if that's where you get your music, you can find it there everywhere else that you get your music. It's going to be there as well. Then I also have a link here to the Sunday service experience. So uh, one thing I I didn't mention with all this is there was an IMAX movie that was released at the same time as this. And I don't know a whole lot about that, but um, there is kind of this big experience that he's been doing called the Sunday service. And so it's like almost a two hour long YouTube video of one of these services. And I've, I've watched about 30, 45 minutes of it. I mean, it, it got me excited. Yeah. I mean, it was a lot of the songs from the album and then he has clips and Kenny G come out at one point. Like it, it's pretty interesting. So if you got the time, I would definitely check that out. Then I also included an interview that he did, uh, called Jesus is King Sunday service and being born again. He did this with, uh, Apple music and beats one. So I've got that here. Uh, I made mention of the big boy TV interview that he did. I've got the link to that here. And then I've got, uh, what else I got here? So I've got one thing here called Kanye West talks, losing fans, getting canceled and more with big boy. And so this is complex.com. They uh, did basically a shortened versions and a bunch of clips of the big boy interview. So I thought if you don't have time to watch the entire big boy interview or listen to it, you can just look at the clips. And then I posted two reviews or kind of news stories. One is from a surprising source. Another one might be surprising, but one is from the New York times. It's called, I mentioned it earlier. It's Kanye West heretic by nature finds God. This is surprising to even hear myself say this, but I felt like this was, was a very, very fair article to Kanye West from the New York times. I don't read a lot of New York times articles that are fair. I felt like this one was, so that's why I included it. But then also, also the gospel coalition. And I know some of you have some problems with the gospel coalition. That's not what this podcast is about. They just released one today, I believe called Kanye West from I am God to Jesus is King. So it's going to take you on a lot of the same areas into a lot of the same areas that we talked about today. But I thought that that was an interesting link to go ahead and include. 
Thank you guys for listening to the podcast. We really do appreciate it. If you would, please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, or Google Play and refer your friends to listen and share this on social media. Guys, if we deserve a five-star review, please take a few minutes right now to go ahead and leave us five stars and a few sentences letting us know why you like the content. I'm currently booking speaking engagements for the entirety of 2020. So if you want me to come speak on your podcast, at your men's event, at your conference, to your team, whatever, hit me up via email, info at undaunted.life. That's I-N-F-O at undaunted.life. The website is www.undaunted.life. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at undauntedlife or facebook.com backslash undauntedlife. Check out our free devotionals on the YouVersion Bible app. Just search Undaunted Life under plans. And as always, we want to thank the band August Burns Red for allowing us to use their entire music library for our content. The intro-outro track on this podcast is their song King of Sorrow, which is off their latest record entitled Phantom Anthem. The links are in the description. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Remember, keep cultivating manly resilience, keep forging spiritual, mental, and physical toughness, keep seeking the Lion of Judah. Judah.